Dennis Stewart, lovely to have you back uh, for a year of programs, Health Naturally. And, uh, well, the Christmas break, that's given you something to think about, hasn't it? Has it has indeed, Jane, it has indeed. <laughs> so what did you do? Well, Jane, one of the interesting things I did was to undertake observation. I set myself the task of observing the human condition. And I accompanied my wife on some very adventurous shopping episodes and participated in observing some remarkable sights. I'll talk about them. And, in fact, Tree has rung in from Fern Bay. And your question, Tree, is about leg cramps. Is that right? It is, yes. Hello, Tree. Hello, Dennis. How can we help you? Well, I just wanted to know what you mm -hmm. recommend. I'm getting dreadful leg cramps early morning in bed. Yes. Is, is, and, it, only, um, is it only um, at that time of the day that you're getting them? Yes. Okay. And how long have you been battling with them? Oh, a number of weeks now. A number of weeks. Okay. Now, look, with anything that comes on unusually, uh, even something as apparently as simple as cramps, it's not a bad idea to run the symptoms past your GP because cramps can be misinterpreted. They can be associated or seem to be associated with just simple muscular things, but sometimes circulatory problems create symptoms which at the lay level might be interpreted as cramps but could be something a little bit more serious. I guess what I'm doing here is saying, look, cover your bases. This is something that's just come on uh, reasonably quickly. Um, I think you need to have it looked at. But having said that, it will probably be that there is no um, explanation for it from a medical perspective. And I'd suggest, therefore, a couple of things for you to try if your GP has cleared the situation and that there's no underlying medical condition. Most of, the, most of the feedback I get from my patients and clients is that um, taking magnesium at a sustained level at the right dose seems to give some relief, sometimes dramatic relief, sometimes minimal relief, and unfortunately it doesn't always work. But I recommend to my patients 200 milligrams daily of magnesium, and that seems to, that seems to help. Um, and let it be in the powder form? Look, it doesn't really matter what form you take it in. Magnesium is magnesium, and one brand, in my opinion, is probably as good as the next brand. But if you haven't, if you haven't tried that, uh, give that a go, particularly for noct nocturnal cramps. I've, I've found that it gives me the best results. But two other things that uh, take on board while you've got your notepad there. there. There is a herb that goes under the name of cramp bark. Right now, it's it's available in our good health food stores. There are various preparations uh, at the counter level that contain cramp bark. Its botanical name is viburnum, V I B U R N U M. And I, I do, I've heard of viburnum. Yes, well, yep. it, it's I I prescribe it uh, very very frequently um, for painful cramping type conditions, not only on the on the legs etc., but for more 
serious parts of the body, abdominal cramps, etc. It's quite a remarkable herb. It's not that well known. It's an American herb that mainly practitioners use, but I notice here and there now at the retail level it's cropping up in products to do with just if you like cramping situations. Don't neglect it. And thirdly, and this one might sound really left field, and, and listeners might think it's a little bit uh, folksy when I say it, but it, uh, you shouldn't be surprised if I was to say that um, the use of honey, particularly before going to bed and in the right dosage. Uh, people say, oh, look, I've tried honey, and you say, well, how long did you try it for? I tried it for a couple of nights. Uh, it didn't work. Well, okay. Uh, but how much did you use? Oh, I take a teaspoon for, well, the literature that I read on honey, and I read a lot, I'm almost uh, putting myself out there now as a bit of an expert on the therapeutic uses of honey. I've read so much and recommended it so frequently. A tablespoonful of pure honey, pure honey, uh, yeah. and ideally Australian honey, and I won't go into that's one of my hobby horses, pure yeah. Australian locally produced honey, tablespoonful of that at night. You'd be surprised. Okay. You would be surprised at how many uh, people will come into my rooms at New Lambton and say, I heard you on television, you mentioned honey, I've started taking it, and look, it's the only thing that's helped my night cramps. Wonderful. My mother used to say when I was young that honey should be sold in a chemist with a label on it. <laughs> well, we should always listen to the oldies, and I'm probably about the same age as your dear mother, so <laughs> I, yeah. I would concur with that. I would concur with that. Dennis Stewart, uh, spurs on knees we have as our next topic and it comes from Josie of Woodbury. Hello, Josie. Would you like to ask Dennis your question? Yeah, Dennis. Hello, Josie. Hi. Um, I love your show. I missed you so much when you weren't here. Oh, really? Well, I missed you too, Josie. (laughs) (laughs) I have spurs on both of my knees. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay. How long have you had them for, Josie? Um, oh, a few months now, quite a few okay. months. Okay. I saw my doctor and he yes. said, oh, there's nothing I can do. Well, look, I, d- I hate uh, to contradict any of our good medical people, um, and I'm not contradicting your GP here, but my experience has been with spurs. Now, admittedly, spurs mainly associated with the feet, the heels, etc. but my experience in dealing with spurs over so many, many years has uh, enabled me to say that in very many cases, and I say many cases because there would be people listening to this program today who could vouch for my recommendations here, I have used for about 30 years of my professional life a group of remedies known as celloids. Celloids. Celloids is is a name for a, 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 a bracket of minerals Uh, produced by a well-known Australian company that are mainly supplied by practitioners. That is, you would probably have to see your pharmacist or a herbalist or a naturopath to get them. They're not, generally speaking, um, uh, retail products. On the other hand, you don't need a script. Um, You don't need to have a script to be supplied with them. Now, the celloids are essentially minerals, and they have a number of names The two that I have found most, most useful in helping spurs and progressively erode many of them uh, go under the following names. Have you got a pencil and paper there? Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'll I'll wait for you, Josie, not for anyone else. 
Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> okay. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. Look, one of the minerals is known as sodium phosphate. Sodium phosphate. And, it, and, and abbreviate it with SP. Yeah. Not with a 96 beside it. Don't worry about the 96. That's just indicative of the number of tablets in the in the container. SP oh. SP 96 with the second mineral, which is known as silica. Silica. Right? And the particular silica that I use in the celloid range is known as S79. Yeah. Now, those uh, minerals taken for a sustained period of time have given good results to many of my uh, clients and patients over the years. And I'll tell you a little story that will vouch for this. I think I may have mentioned it before. Many years ago, I was walking in to see my uh, dear uh, departed um, father-in-law who was in hospital at John Hunter. And um, coming the other way was a, a colleague of mine that I'd uh, gone to the same church with in Adamstown for many, many years. Hadn't seen him for years. And as he walked past me, he said, oh, g'day, Dennis. And I said, g'day, so-and-so. He said, uh, oh, I'm a convert to your system of medicine. I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, once upon a time, he said, I didn't believe any of it. He said, coming from an engineering background, he said, I thought it was all bunkum. He said, but my wife has been a great fan of yours and has kept saying to me with reference to my spurs, go and see Dennis, go and see Dennis. He said, anyway, she got me some products and she said, I, he said, I started taking them. He said, it took a while. He said, but my spurs have gone, I'm free of pain. He said, so I'm a convert. That's a true story, Josie. Now, with, oh. the, with those celloids, with those celloids, uh, we're not guaranteeing anything. All I'm saying is they have helped many people and they're not expensive and you need to persevere with them. In the literature uh, on the celloids, anything less than about six months is, consider yeah. is considered to be inappropriate. So you would go on to them. Uh, if you were to purchase them from a pharmacist or a naturopath, um, the, the directions on how to take them and when to take them would be given to you. But I could think of nothing better than to say, look, give it a try, regardless of what your good GP has said, give it a go. All right. Thank you very, very much, Dennis. Thank you, Josie. And thanks for the call, Josie. 49216216 if you've got a question for Dennis Stewart today for Health Naturally. Now, I'm sure it's time to think about your observations. Observations. Well, observations. Over the so-called holiday period, uh, being a little bit sort of out of place, not going to practice and wondering what to do, I accompanied my dear wife, on some shopping excursions and I went to well-known shopping malls and well-known supermarkets. Uh, may and, I say my congratulations on your bravery in doing uh, well, so? <laughs> I, I think I deserve a medal, but I was compensated to a degree by being able to observe uh, the human condition. And uh, one of the most uh, observing things that I noted uh, with great concern was the way in which, in this country now, we are growing uh, physically uh, and weight-wise at an incredible, at an astronomical and embarrassing level. We often hear uh, discussion and read articles about the, the obesity epidemic. And uh, look, I see some of it in practice, but to see it paraded before you 
uh, in such visual and in such obvious forms is startling. And I was, to use the slang word, gobsmacked at the way in which from younger people right through the age bracket, we have a large percentage of our people who are obese and some morbidly obese and who do not realise, who do not realise the pathway of ill health associated with their present state. I, I, my observation was that we're in dire straits. The health bill is likely to go through the rocket, uh, through the roof, and the problem, I don't think, is being fully appreciated by people who risk, risk very serious health problems unless they do something about their obesity. What sort of health problems are you oh, well, talking about? Well, Where should we start? Well, I think the one that worries, well, certainly from my perspective, uh, is the one that worries me most um, in as much that I see a lot of it, is that obesity can frequently be connected with type 2 diabetes. And we have a, a diabetic epidemic also. I don't think that I'm overstating it. I hear so much of our medical people uh, talking about the problem. Uh, and obesity is a feeding factor uh, for um, intolerance, uh, insulin resistance. And um, sometimes, interestingly, weight loss on its own can pull people back from the brink of type 2 diabetes. It's the one that really worries me because in practice over 40 years, I've seen many uh, people with the consequences of type 2 diabetes and the consequences particularly things like, for instance, ulcers that won't heal on the legs, um, more serious problems than that, make me shudder when I look at the, uh, the people that we're increasingly seeing and saying, look, you do not know what's in front of you. And it's very interesting to see many of, of, of these dear souls walking around with the compression bandages on, with uh, uh, obviously being treated for varicose, peripheral conditions, for diabetic conditions, diabetic ulcers, a nightmare, a nightmare. And despite there, there being some useful approaches to helping, the thing that we need to address is that sometimes getting rid of some weight can be the thing that pulls us back from type 2 and stops us drifting towards the consequences of type 2. But Daryl has rung in on 49216216 from Torryburn. Daryl, you'd like to ask Dennis about shingles. Yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, um, Daryl. Yeah, very dear friend. He's not a old bloke, he's only 70, but he has just found out he's got shingles. Okay. Um, is there, like, anything, like, natural to stop the itch or that he can okay. take that? Okay. Help him out. Okay, Daryl, look, uh, shingles is, is, is one of these conditions that gives way to what's frequently called post-hepatic neuralgia, the, the, the lingering side effects of the initial blistery state can be quite yep. troublesome, irritable. How long uh, has he had it for, uh, Daryl? Well, he's only he's had it. Uh, well, he's only just found out in the last couple of months that it is shingles. But he's had the rash oh, for the best part of six months now. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. Now, now, is it? Um, where is the rash? Tummy, well, okay. mainly on the tummy and okay. a bit on the back. Okay. Well, in this situation, 
um, there may be some um, uh, useful um, help for him. There's a product called Zostrix. It's a pharmacy product. It's well known. And it's a topical application that incorporates um, the oleoresin of, of capsicum. And now the oleoresin, that means the, the active principle, the chemical constituent uh, found in, in, the, in the capsicum family or in the hot chili family. Um, yep. th that particular preparation has a deadening effect on the, on the inflamed and irritated nerves frequently associated with this condition. Now, uh, it's a pharmacy-only product, uh, and I'm not aware of there being any other or too many products that are available that incorporates this well-known science. There is science associated with the application of this principle to um, conditions that are associated with the nerves and inflammation. So it is not uh, a preparation that, um, how can you call it, is unfounded. The science is there to support what it actually does. So he'd have to get it from a good pharmacist who would also uh, advise him to use it cautiously. Some people, when they use preparations containing uh, this principle, will experience a little bit of initial irritation and smarting. That tends to go after a number of days. And in as much as this gentleman has had the condition for quite a lengthy period of time, it's unlikely that there would be any of the blister left. It's more than likely that it would be just the the uh, irritability of, of the nerves and the yes. and the skin. So that's, I that's, think that's... I think this could be this could be a useful thing for him to try, and I'm, he should perhaps discuss it with the pharmacist. I'm a little bit disappointed that it wasn't uh, recommended to him. Uh, medically, because it's a well-known product. Again, let me emphasise, uh, he needs to get the advice from the pharmacist on its application, and in my opinion, should do a little patch test with it first. That is, put it on a small part of the area that's affected, see what tolerance he may have, and um, if he is able to tolerate it, um, if he perseveres with it, after a number of days, there should be some re relief in the symptoms. It will not work instantaneously. That's not associated with the way this substance works. It will take about four to five days to generate a benefit, if, if at all. And I'm not guaranteeing anything. All I'm saying is that this is a product that has helped many people that is, is founded on our understanding of the chemistry of the, of the chili family. I'd give that a go. Um. What did you call it, Dennis? Zostrix. Z-O-S-T-R-I-X. Zostrix. Z-O-X? Z-O-S-T-R-I-X. The pharmacist would know, and I have no problem mentioning that because I'm not aware of any other product uh, that's yeah, available that might be able to help with that constituent. Yeah, it's mainly the irritation. He's, yes. he's, like he's struggling with the irritation. Yep, yep, yep. Well, um, I, th I think that would be a th a, the way to go. But as I've said, uh, he must see his pharmacist. We've got fantastic pharmacists in, in, in the Hunter region, uh, many of them very well versed with these sorts of um, herbally-based products, and I'm sure we'll get good advice. And all the very best mm. to your friend with that, Daryl. Uh, Brian's rung in, 49216216 from Thornton, and it's all about comfrey, your question, Brian. 
Yes, Jan. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That's good, good. Yes, I have a book by the herbalist Maria Trebin. Oh, yes, I've read her stuff, yes. And using the recipe, I've made a tincture of comfrey uh-huh. uh, to put on joints, etc. Yes. But I have read in a magazine not so long ago that yes. uh, using that, it, it can affect the kidneys. Okay. Let me me bring you up to speed on on what you're talking about here. Um, Comfrey, botanically known as Symphytum officinalis, has been used by herbalists for for hundreds of years. Um, In recent times, in recent times, it was found that uh, comfrey contains a particular uh, alkaloid, an alkaloid that's known as a pyrolizidine alkaloid. There are yeah. two. There are two groups of pyrolizidine alkaloids. Some are harmless. Some, on the other hand, are hepatoxic. That means that the use of them over a period of time can cause a veno-occlusive disease of the liver, which is very, very serious. So, as a result of that, years ago, as a result of that, years ago, um, it was uh, legislated that uh, comfrey uh, was not to be used as an oral medication. So. Herbalists, medical practitioners, pharmacists that years ago may have, have used it um, no longer um, use the preparation orally. However, however, um, comfrey as an ointment preparation, um, yeah. particularly on unbroken skin, yeah. uh, is, in my opinion, is, is safe. And this, okay. is, this is supported by the fact that there are comfrey ointments uh, yeah. at the retail level that have been approved by the appropriate authorities with the yeah. appro- with the appropriate uh, how can I call it scheduling on them. Um, so comfrey topical preparations uh, are nowhere near as problematical as the oral ingestion of comfrey. And uh, yeah. in my opinion, in my opinion, as a topical application, uh, they're very very useful indeed. And it would be very difficult to see any significant uptake of the alkaloid causing any uh, significant ramifications on the liver when used as a comfrey preparation. Okay, so the tincture will be uh, uh, safe to use on on skin for joint pain, etc. I'm reluctant to say safe per se because uh, that's going a bit too far. But what what I would say is that comfrey is being used topically as an ointment and, yes. and in, as, in as much that you've made the tincture of comfrey, um, yes. do, what strength alcohol did you use in making the tincture? I used vodka as okay. the book said. Yeah. Okay, well that's that's a good solvent or a good menstruum for making the tincture, but you would, yes. have, you would have made it in what strength? One in five, one in ten? I don't know. Okay. I can't uh, well, say the, that. Well, the thing that I'm leading to, and I don't want to make it too technical, the thing yeah. that I'm leading to is that tinctures, generally speaking, are very, very dilute okay. preparations of the, of the actual herb. So okay. that further encourages me to say that as a topical application, in my opinion, and I'm obliged yeah. to say that, uh, that, okay. it, that it would be safe, particularly where the skin was unbroken. All right, Dennis. Okay, then.
Okay. Thank you very much for that. Thank, Thank, you. You, Thank Brian, you, Brian, for your call. And uh, Alex uh, from Woodbury has rung in. Now, Alex, this sounds like um, the big questions, the human condition. <laughs> You're wondering about intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet. That's right? Yes. <clears throat> Sorry, that's correct, yes. And I've been on doing both the last six months and I've lost about 18 kilos. Yes. But I understand that um, it is... Uh, beneficial for people that are either type 2 diabetics or close to yes as you, and, and i would interested in your opinion on that okay. topic i'll be brief and, and and say this that um i have confidence in the process of intermittent fasting and also the ketogenic diet i prefer the concept of intermittent fasting which was the uh, technique if you like that was written about uh, by the well-known English medical practitioner, Dr. Michael Mosley. He developed what was called the 5-2 diet, where two, two days of the week you fasted. That means if you ate anything, you reduced your food intake to a very, very minimal and dr a dramatically lower level than what you would do on the other five days. And I have seen people, I have seen people lose a greater amount of weight than what you've lost using the 5-2 diet, which is sometimes called intermittent fasting. And I have in the studio before me here today the latest work by Dr. Mosley entitled The Fast 800, which is a work that I would encourage anyone to read, which I think is going to be put up on the 2NUR website, I yeah, think. There's, there's a link to that so on the website, and, the Health and, Naturally And I, and I say that uh, it will say more about... Uh, what you've asked than anything that I can say. One of the best and most important texts that one could read, in my opinion, for losing weight, for pulling one back from the brink of type 2, and the ketogenic diet is, if you like, of the same ilk. Yes. And I understood that the, the vast benefit was in the, uh, in the fasting. Yes. And a, a further benefit in the uh, ketogenic diet. Yes. If, if, what, what you've done is, is uh, save yourself dramatically from the, uh, some of the uh, terrible consequences that sustained obesity can bring about, particularly uh, the concern that worries me most, and that is the, the exponential increase in type 2 diabetes. Well done, Alex. But look, you're obviously interested in dietary and nutritional factors, do take on board what I have said just a moment ago. Get hold of the the good doctor's book. Uh, I couldn't put it down. I've read everything that Mosley's written. Uh, this is an incredibly useful work and would confirm everything that you have done. And Kevin has rung in from Curryong. Uh, spurs, but hip spurs this time, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Yes? Yes. yes. What yes. would you like to ask, Dennis? Uh, well, uh, I, um, I'm 80 years of age and uh, I swim 4K a week and uh, just a few months ago I was running uh, um, 10K a week but I've, I've apparently found out I've got a hip spur which uh, I, I, I got the tail end of uh, the, the talk on the radio. I'm driving up from Sydney and uh -huh. I, I just want to find out uh, what... Uh, uh, yeah, the, the whole story on treating hip spurs or spurs. As I said on the uh, the the um, to the previous listener, most of my experience has been addressing heel spurs, uh, 
but I can see no reason why the uh, treatment or the rationale shouldn't apply to spurs on, on other parts of the bony structure. And that's why I was happy to talk to Josie about her condition. I can only reiterate what I have said, that despite the cynicism and scepticism associated with these recommendations, the recommendations have helped in my 40 years of practice very, very many people. I mentioned two uh, substances, sodium phosphate and silica. They are, they are minerals. And I, me I mentioned to dear Joshi that they come particularly in a range known as celloids. They are, they are a unique range um, manufactured by a well-known well uh, Sydney-based Australian company. I'll say no more. The two, two preparations are known as SP96, which means sodium yes. phosphate with, a, with a, a number of tablets in it, 96, and silica, S79. And those two minerals, when persevered with, and this is what I emphasised to dear Josie earlier, when persevered with, because in the literature associated with the products, it is stated that anything less than six months is is not doing justice to the preparations. Um, in Sydney, you would have no problem getting hold of the preparations uh, from a naturopath um, or a herbalist or maybe a pharmacist because the product range is well known. And all I can say is that uh, you have nothing to lose, everything to gain. As far as I'm aware, there's no possibility of them uh, interacting with uh, with your medications because they are very, very mild or low doses of those particular minerals. Uh, I would give it a go and I'd be surprised if you didn't get some relief because interestingly, both minerals also I recommend and prescribe frequently for, for various inflammatory conditions, arthritic conditions, and frequently they get pleasant results there. Oh, that's fantastic, Dennis, because the only alternative, what you used to say, was uh, uh, using inflammatory uh, uh, prevention products, which really I don't want to do, and down the line, a hip operation, so yeah, I'll certainly yeah. uh, get onto that, uh, well, well I get the, up to the, the pharmacy. Th the thing that I would emphasise, though, is perseverance. Perseverance. And uh, I'm... Uh, able at this very, very late stage of my life, because I'm not far behind you, my dear friend, to say that um, these things have worked for many people. And uh, if you read the literature on them, uh, you will see that there's great confidence in them. Thanks, and all the best with that, Kevin. And Emma has rung in from Charlestown. Emma, you've uh, got a question about thyroid function. Yes, hi guys. Um, hi Dennis. I Hello, just had Emma. a question if there's some um, benefits or something you can suggest taking as general support for underactive thyroid conditions. Uh, first of all, um, you've had this condition um, diagnosed, yes. have you? Okay. Correct, yes, and um, I take thyroxine. Okay, okay. Look, um, I, I might sound a little bit too medical here when I say that the, the medical management for thyroid dysfunction is so well established that um, I worry a little bit when people uh, start to think that they have to do additional things um, okay. to, to manage their thyroid condition. Um, yep. I would suggest, Emma, if you're comfortable 
and doing well with what your good doctor has prescribed and your thyroid uh, levels are, are okay, I'd relax. Yeah. I'd relax because whilst there is some literature out there uh, mm -hmm. th that could be useful, um, Dr. Cabot, for instance, Sandra Cabot, has written some, mm -hmm. has some, written some useful stuff on the thyroid, uh, which yeah. if you're interested, um, you could, could read up on. But I come, sure. back, I come back to the point that uh, this is a condition that I think if it's, if it's well managed, it will give you no problems and uh, just relax in that. Okay, great. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you, Emma. Bye, Emma. And just one last caller on spur treatment. Hello. 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 You've you've got a question to follow on from the spur treatments that Dennis has yeah, been talking correct. about. Yep. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, Dennis, I heard your comments mm -hmm. regarding the spur. Yep. I've got a large bunion yes. bunion yes. on my um, below my big toe. Yes. Would those celluloids work with that? Look, I've never treated uh, bunions, um, and I've uh, not had any experience in using, obviously, using the celloids on them. Logically, logically, one would say that they should have an effect. Um, yeah. And in the literature, uh, and I have, I could easily check that when I get back to my rooms today. In the literature, I dare say, those two minerals would be called up as potentially useful. Again, I come back to the point and say, well, look, you're not contemplating a surgical approach to your bunion? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, look, if you're not going down that pathway, my view is it's worthwhile giving it a go um, yes. uh, without making any promises at all and having stated that I've had no clinical experience in using these minerals on this condition. They're so reasonably priced that even if you gave them a trial for the six-month period, you've got everything to gain and, and, and absolutely hardly anything to lose. Fantastic. Uh, thank you for your call, Ken. All the very best with that. And we're getting towards the end of Health Naturally. Um, just do check out the 2NURFM.com website, the Health Naturally page, because there is the wonderful book that... Uh, Dennis has been talking about the fast 800 and that's all to do with good weight otherwise uh, or losing weight and getting there uh, otherwise we'll see you next week and we ne may take up aspects of the topic again I think we should health naturally to nurfm.com thanks for listening to this podcast from 2nurfm at the University of Newcastle topics range from gardening to health well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.